running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I just we can't wait to get to the game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. All right, thanks for coming back, JT, on Raider Nation Radio. Monday, coming off the loss to the New York Giants at MetLife yesterday. Uh, Damon Arnett was cut and released earlier today. And Deshaun Jackson, as Mike Mayock talked about in the building, and he is signed. So a lot of news after the devastating tragedy of Henry Ruggs III. And what happened when a 23-year-old woman died last week and her dog, we've handled that on the radio. We'll continue to talk about anything that we can do to help the family going forward. Uh, today is a day to just vent. As I always say, sound off like you got a pair. Come on in. And we'll talk about the events of the last 24 to 48 hours. You get into that, and then we're on to Kansas City, which I'm excited about. It's a dream of mine to be in that building as a season ticket holder hosting the pregame show from the torch where Charles Woodson's going to get his Hall of Fame ring. I'm going to celebrate that. I'm going to be in the moment. I'm going to celebrate that. So today, a lot of people are all over the place with raw emotion, which is okay. No other team in the NFL is dealing with anything remotely close to this. Maybe all time, all time, dealing what this team has been through this year. So we could choose to go one of two paths, talk about the negativity all the time, or look to Kansas City. We're handling the negativity today. We're addressing the loss. We're talking about it, the Damon Arnett situation. Clearly you heard what Mike Mayock said, and Rich Passaccia is about to address the media. We will take that press conference, too, coming up in a few moments. So busy day today. Uh, I have a one-hour show tomorrow. It's the inaugural Raiders Golf Classic out at Shadow Creek. Uh, which I'll be there tomorrow as the MC. Uh, looking forward to that. There's 21 alumni in town. 21 alumni in town. And a lot of uh, alumni staying or coming back this weekend for the Sunday night game. Let's get going with Nick in Long Island. Nick, start us off. What's happening? What's up, JT? Um, listen, we can go two ways. Like you said, we can be negative. We can be positive. As, as much as I want to be negative, after losing to another bad team with 100 yards passing yesterday by – a field goal or four points because we missed a 25-yard field goal. I'm not going to do that. We're going to talk about Arnett. Does it really matter? He doesn't play. He wasn't on the team, really. He's on the IR. He stinks. This team, I'm going to applaud them, actually. We're going to point out the 2020 draft. We're going to point out the Cleveland Farrell pick. This team, instead of giving these guys scholarships, they realized pretty quickly, hey, we got to move on. We went out and got Casey Hayward to take Damon Arnett's spot. Damon Arnett didn't just get to play because he was a first-round pick. We say the same thing with Farrell. Even though Farrell is a different scenario than Arnett, great guy, great in the locker room. Well, now we've got Yannick and Dockway. And now we've got Nate Hobbs, Casey Haywood, Trayvon Mullen are our corners. Damon Arnett, all right, bad pick. We'll move on. This team is just as good right now as the Bills, the Chiefs, the Chargers, who everyone loves the Chargers. Everyone loves the Bills. Well, guess what? We've got the same record as all those teams right now. We already beat the Ravens this year, even though it feels like it was six years ago at this point. But... We're right in this thing. we got the Chiefs coming into town. Yeah. They can only score 13 points on the Packers the other day. Jordan Love, they're not playing Jordan Love Sunday night. And as I was just saying, we had to replace all these guys. I think, unfortunately, I hate to say it, Odell Beckham, I really think we need to look into it if it is an option. 
even though this season's been crazy, he could be a distraction. Because what happens now is, it's a long season, there's still nine games to go. Yeah. If one of these receivers goes down, like a Renfro or an Edwards or, God forbid, a Waller. Like, what, who's, who's playing receiver? I was at that game yesterday. There was no options, really, down the field. It looked like 2019 all over. How were there no they, options? How were there no options with Zay Jones, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, Hunter Renfro? How, how are there no they, options with Drake out of the backfield as a pass catcher? This, this is the same exact reason why we took Henry Ruggs in, in the uh, 2020 draft over all these other guys. We had Waller in 2019. We had Renfro in 2019. You need a guy who could create space for these guys to eat underneath. If they if they know there's no threat to go deep, and hopefully Deshaun Jackson is that guy, but he's another guy. He gets hurt a lot. We need a guy to stretch the field and keep those safeties away. That's why that guy made that interception on Renfro yesterday at safety. Is that safety even there on Renfro or if Ruggs is running down the field? I don't know. The same thing with Zay Jones, the one that was intercepted. Another safety. He jumped. He came in. If Ruggs is running down the field, those safeties might not be there. We saw a difference between the 2019 team and what we have now because we didn't have that guy to run down the field and open it up for Waller and all these guys. That's where I know there are options. I'm not, don't get me wrong. There are options, but we need to open up the field a little more so these guys could do what they do best underneath and in the intermediate route. Yeah, appreciate the call. You know, the thing that bothered me about the last game is that, man, if we ever nailed, nailed a pregame show, we nailed it. All we did was talk about. Nothing would be open deep because of the way they were going to bracket the Raiders and everything would have to be underneath. And that's happened. If, we, if I'm able to figure that out a week before the game easily and, and Eric Allen agrees with me, the coaches got to know this too. And they did not attack. They could not attack. And it's the Giants. It wasn't Ray Lewis's greatest Ravens team. It wasn't the 85 Bears. Come on. I'm not saying don't, don't be cautious because you're playing the Giants. You got to take chances downfield. You got to take chances on some of these balls that are thrown out of bounds. Someone's got to come back to the ball, and Derek, as he's rolling out, has got to find someone. I mean, every time there's a rollout, it can't be throw it out of bounds, throw it out of the back of the end zone. One of these guys have to have confidence that they could go up and make a play. And again, Derek doesn't like to do that. Derek does not like to throw into coverage in the end zone, he tries to limit those mistakes. Well, with the season on the line, you're going to have to put some balls in play. They can't be thrown out of bounds out of the back of the end zone or six yards out of the end zone. They have to be thrown to guys who can make a play in bounds. And look, Mahomes does it. Lamar Jackson does it. Derek's got to do it on Sunday. So we'll see if he can do that as Rich Basaccia is meeting the media over in Henderson at the Raiders facility. I'll try to um, go through the formula for you a little bit and we'll... Okay. Open up the questions. Um, obviously, for us, the ball, we ended up minus two in the turnovers. We had the interception and, uh, and then the sack fumble at the end. We were in the scoring zone, had a chance, and we gave them six points, obviously, through one of the turnovers. Uh, we also had the turnover by Hunter, uh, catching the ball in the five. It got stripped out, and then we ended up being lucky getting it back down. Did a heck of a job of getting it back. We did have a big play on the ball by Unique with the sack fumble down there. We got the ball to plus 30, gave us a chance to. Again, in the scoring zone, we came out of our field goal. We'd love to get there, certainly with a touchdown. Explosive plays. We had 12 explosive plays on offense. Certainly put ourselves in position, get more points than we did. Um, two of the runs end up getting canceled by two of the penalties in that game. You know, one on the um, illegal formation by us, and then when we were cleaning up the pile, and, uh, you know, they called it. So 
We only gave up five explosive plays on defense. Two really in the first series, going down there where they got the first drive and they hit the touch, the 30-yard touchdown pass. And then really in the last drive, we gave up um, two back-to-back big plays, but we, we still held them to a field goal, which was a big help to us. Field position wasn't very good for us during the course of the day. We were backed up a lot. Um, some of it had to do with we didn't catch the one punt. The other one, I thought Hunter made a bad decision. Him and I have talked about that. And then um, so the, the, the kickoff return, we got a penalty. The ball ended up going to the eight. So we were backed up uh, four times inside the 20. And uh, we only backed them up 20 and in twice, both on kickoff. So we were, we were minus there in the field position. And then the, the penalty on the kickoff return I just talked about. The defense had uh, to defend the field from the 50 one time and from the 40 the other. One was from the interception and one was from a, a punt that we tackled them um, there on the 40-yard line. And then in the fourth quarter where, you know, we've, we've kind of held our own a little bit and we've started to play a little bit better. We, we had opportunities to go down and win the game and then we had opportunities to go down and tie the game and maybe send it to overtime. We'll, we'll see what we're going to do when we get to that. But... Um, the defense, the last drive that we just talked about, the two big plays, again, held to the field goal. But um, then we missed that short field goal, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, which kind of takes the wind out of your sail a little bit, although we did come back again with another drive. And, and um, we threw the interception on the one. And in the last drive of the game, went up in the scoring zone, and we, we get the sack fumble. And I think that's the first thing Colton's given up all year. You know, he's had an outstanding year. So that's where we are uh, from the game. I'll answer any questions you may have. You mentioned uh, kicking the field goal uh, down there, and you missed the field goal. Carlson missed the field goal. Was there any thought about going for it on that? No, we wanted the points. Wanted the points. I think at that point it would have made it a three-point game. I think we're worried on that. I know it would have made it a one-score game. That's what it would have made it. So, Coach Daniels missed a couple of PATs, a couple of field goals. We know he's a consistent guy, but it seems is there's a struggle there. Is it just maybe a technique adjustment? What do you think it is? I think he's always evaluating himself. You know, he'd been on the left hash, I think, three other kicks down in there. They were all close field goals today. And uh, he just missed it. You know, he cupped it. He hit it pretty good, and it stayed outside the, the upright. He'd been in the middle all day on the kick, so I certainly didn't anticipate that coming. I know he didn't. Um, the other field goal he missed, I think, was on the right a couple of weeks ago. It was also on the 25-yard line. It's a little bit shorter. But I, you know, we don't really have any issues with Daniel. He'll, he'll fix whatever that was and, and come back and play well this week. Coach, uh, Unique had another two-game, uh, two-sack game. Um, how has he improved in the last month? Well, I think the first thing is last two weeks he's been able to practice all week. He hasn't missed any days of practice, and we've been in pads on Wednesday, which we've you know, really had some grind-out practices. And, again, I think he's in competition not only with himself but with Max and with Solomon and with Q and those guys that are out there with, you know, with Carl and the way in which they practice. Well, it starts with their individual drills and it works its way pad level wise into what we call pods and then works its way to unit and then team. And um, and again, now I think we're seeing the fruition of some of that come through in the game. And, and a lot of the chips sometimes are going Max's way a little bit. He had some success early. They're setting the protection a little bit to the other side. And he's had some fortune over there to go against some of the one-on-ones. But he's obviously been playing well. He's been playing at a really high level speed wise as well and um, been in position to help us. He's done it last two games, but it was big in that game, especially getting on the on the 30 for us. Coach, can you just speak about uh, how happy you've been with the progression of the O-line? They've been given, they gave up a lot less penalties yesterday as well as the run game going. Yeah, we did have the one penalty, though. We did have the offsides there, you know, critical by Park. But, um, yeah, I think Coach Caves, again, has done a really good job with those guys. They're um, 
they're a young unit. You know, John's young and, and uh, Alex is young. And so I think um, all of a sudden now, you know, uh, thrust into the starter Parker at right tackle, which he wasn't in the beginning of the year. So and I think Coach Caves and Ole, what they've done, you know, with the run game of maybe paring it down a little bit and being a little bit of a, of a downhill run team at this particular point, um, I think they have a little bit more confidence in what we're doing, what uh, Coach Caves is working with them. So it's still a work in progress. We're still working our, on our identity, and, and um, I think we're, we're certainly looking for better things to come. I was kind of piggybacking off that. This is back-to-back games, but the run game has really gotten going two games in a row north of 100 yards on the ground for, for Kenyon and, and Josh. How excited are you about what you've seen from them the past couple of weeks, and how optimistic are you now that this is the version of Josh and Kenyon that we thought we were going to see throughout this entire year? Again, you know, we... You know, I know two weeks ago we really got Kenyon involved in what was going on, not only in the run game, but certainly in the pass game. And both effective both ways yesterday. You know, I thought we had another big screen. Their guy did a heck of a job of coming out of the stack and clipping up um, Josh at the back, you know. And then we had a good play out there to the, the, the flat to, um, to Drake, and he had a big first down, I think, run for us out there as well on both sides. So, yeah, I think is that the version we envisioned? I think certainly that's, that's what it is. I still think, and they still think, there's room for improvement um, as to what we're doing. And I know, again, uh, Ole and, and Coach Caves, I think they're on the verge of maybe forming us a little bit of an identity running the football. We've, we've gotten to be a little bit better play-action team in the last few weeks. I think we've done a better job with our boots and na- nakeds outside. I think we've hit some plays out there. You saw us hit um, Alec Ingold on the one naked out there down the red zone. So hopefully those things will just keep improving. Mike confirmed you signed Deshaun. I'm just curious as a head coach, how much how excited are you to have what he's going to bring to this offense based on what you saw Sunday how he's going to fill the need. Well, again, I think, you know, we all have a lot of respect for Deshaun's career and what he's done, and I can remember him, you know, coming out. So we're excited about getting another speed element out there to be a complement to what we're trying to do in offense. Certainly what for the speed that Zay has and what Brian and Hunter bring to us, um, it'll be good for us to get another speed element going on offense. So we're excited about getting him to practice. How quickly do you think you can get him up to speed, and do you envision him doing any uh, punt returns? Uh, I don't envision him doing punt returns in a game right now. I'm certainly going to um, envision him getting work at it and see how he feels about it. Um, I think the last time he did it was a couple years ago, but um, I remember him being really good at it when he came out. So we're going to get him up to speed as quickly as possible. We'll get a lot of work with him and, and Edgar and, and uh, Nick Holtz, and um, we'll get him in position to run some routes or some packages that will help us hopefully be in position to, to play a little bit better. Coach, when you lose, everything goes under the microscope. But when you look at seven of their points came off of a pick six, were you pretty pleased with your defense? It seemed, at least to me, they played pretty well. Again, I think for us, we're, we're, you know, we're trying to deal with the ball, explosive plays, field position, and how do we play in the fourth quarter. And I think if you look back to what we did in the two wins, um, how we won that game, I think you'd find us in the positive category in most of those. If you look at this particular game, we ended up in the negative to some degree with field position and the turnover margin. And the thing I thought our defense did a great job of was obviously um, we stopped them for some field goals. You know, they got some bad field positions. The one I alluded to at the 40, the one I alluded to at the 50, but yet we held them to field goals both times. And then in my conversations with Gus, and again, we've been together a long time, in his mind, he'd love to understand that if our defense is really going to be at the top of the mountain, that we need to come up with something else. That, that's what he's going to preach to his defense. If it's a game like that, um, if we're teeter-tottering back and forth and we're exchanging field goals and it's close, nip and tuck, he'd love for them to come up with a pick six of their own. He'd love for them to come up with an, another turnover in the fourth quarter, something that we can help our offense again um, move in a positive direction. So are we pleased? I think we're pleased with a lot of things that we saw really from both sides. And then the displeasure comes from not being able to capitalize on the opportunities that we had, whether they be in the red zone or certainly after the turnover defense gave us. 
was something noticeable was also you bringing out Marcus Mariota for a couple of plays, including him uh, converting on the fourth down. Is that something when you are looking for explosive plays? Is he a player that you want to include more in this game plan? Well, I think the offense did a great job um, of putting him in position where some short yard situations that we had going into the game. And he came in, I think that's two weeks in a row now. We've gotten a fourth and short um, from our offense. So he's a compliment, again, to what we're trying to do. And you, you never know when you're going to see him. You think you'll see him get maybe more involved as well? I look forward to you watching the next game. Hey, Vinny, you on the line? We got, we got Vinny from RJ remotely. Got a question for Coach? Yeah, uh, thank you very much. Uh, Rich, um, in, a, in a matter of six days, your, your two first round picks from 2020 are no longer on the roster. I was just wondering what kind of a learning lesson that could be uh, for the players, uh, but also for the organization uh, moving forward and, uh, and just, you know, keeping, just handling certain things like that, uh, but also for the players. Well, certainly, you know, we'd like to think everything's a learning situation for us, right, in, in, in all facets of our life. And, um, you know, if, if I'm here for the, the draft process as we get into that, then we'll see how that fits into um, what we'll do there going forward. But at this particular point, we're really just concerned with the guys on our team and what we can do today to get a little bit better pushing towards Kansas City. All right. All right, welcome back. All right, so that's Rich Passaccia as they wrap up the press conference. Over in Henderson, so he addressed uh, the turnovers, the mistakes that they made, Deshaun Jackson coming in, uh, what it's going to need for the Raiders to just get into the flow against Kansas City. And I think this is a big week of preparation. This is a ma- Every week's important. Every team in the NFL, the coaches are completely locked in to the opponent in front of them. Okay, that's what they're doing. But for the Raiders, they've really got to cut down on penalties and mistakes and they got a little big. They have to be sharp. Can we use that word sharp? They have to be sharp against Kansas City. The team's got to be better in the first quarter, and they got to be better in the red zone. Do you believe that those are the two biggest issues with this team? Rugs is gone. Our net's gone. But if we talk about football and what has to happen, first quarter and then red zone issues. I can't believe they struggle this much in the red zone. And I, I would think, again, as I keep telling everybody, that the way to score in the red zone is the way Tom Brady did it. Tom Brady gave you the blueprint. Rob Gronkowski and Julian Edelman. The Raiders have Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. How did that work out for New England over the decades? Pretty well, right? So copy that format. And I think that Greg Olson and Johnny Morton and all these coaches know that. They have tremendous experience and long-term chemistry with Carr. I would make it simple for Derek. I would go four wide. I would go four wide, and I'd have Drake in the backfield. You want another big doozy? You want another big doozy for today, considering maybe we need to get all this out on a Monday? I'd make Drake the featured back going forward. I would. I think that Drake's a better player than Josh at this point because he proves it. He can do more. He can catch the ball better, and he seems to be more explosive, and he has big play capability in the passing game. And I don't think the Raiders are going to win much with the running game. They've proven that. they got to attack against Mahomes. Now, if you get inside the 10, and it's first down, you want to give Josh not up the middle with a fullback leading the way and let the whole upper deck know, but you want to maybe get Josh on the outside to make a play? I love that all day. But I think Drake is turning out to be better than Josh Jacobs in the short term. I hope I'm wrong on that, and Josh could find a way to be an explosive player again. But we go through every one of his games, it's 50 yards. It's 60 yards, and he comes limping off the field. We need Josh Jacobs big in the Kansas City game. And you either leave him on the field or you get Drake on the field. 
It's time now to get people on the field who are going to step up against Kansas City. Who are those players that you are comfortable with the rest of the week as we go heavy on this Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Who are the players that you think match up better against Kansas City? I would think Deshaun Jackson more than Zay Jones, right? That's why he's here. I would think maybe Drake more than Jacobs. Don't know. Maybe you think you can run the ball better right at Kansas City. Big game plan coming up this week. 702-365-9200. Chris is in Vegas here on 920. How are you, Chris? JT, I'm good. I got some stuff on my mind. I just need to get it off. First off, and you just hit the nail on the head and nobody's talking about it. Those turnovers that were killed us yesterday. Coach just talked about it as well. Those turnovers killed them in that game yesterday. Carr had two picks. One was a pick six, and he fumbled the ball. Can't have that happening. Um, I think had they been able to take care of the ball, they would have been coming out with a victory. Second thing, and in no way am I trying to compare the NFL or NFL players to guys like me who served in the military, but when you got these guys posting pictures on social media and it doesn't even have to be athletes, these are guys, one, who have never had anything and who want to be tough guys. Mm -hmm. And I put this out there, and I'm going to say this and then leave it at that, had I taken any of those guys who want to post pictures of them with guns over to me in the Middle East, they would have been crying, begging to come back. Mm-hmm. So stop that fake tough guy stuff, all right? Just cut it out. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> and then it's dumb of anybody to be posting stuff like that on social mm-hmm. media. And I follow the same path that Charles Barkley takes. And pretty Jay-Z takes the same path, too. They are not on social media for a reason. They don't want people all up in their business. If you didn't want to get cut, you shouldn't have posted that stuff on social media like that. Stupid, dumb, grow up. Um, Then the third point I want to get to, Mm -hmm. Kansas City. Kansas City is not the team that they were last year, the year before, or the year before. They're on a decline right now because they keep thinking that they can win with Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Mahomes is a great quarterback. Mm -hmm. Can't take nothing away from him. Kelsey is a great tight end, and Tyreek Hill is a great receiver. But they need more to that. Their defense is subpar. So I expect the Raiders to come out with a win this Sunday. If they don't, it's even compounded by the fact that Kansas City and Denver and San Diego all won yesterday. So they're gaining ground now. So we just got to see what happens next. I think having Deshaun Watson, I mean, uh, Deshaun Jackson on the team will help a little. Mm-hmm. My big question is, how is he going to react when he's not getting the ball? Like, he's Yeah, I, I don't want to get into that right now. Your call was good. Stay on hold. We'll get your Grimaldi's $50 gift card. Grimaldi's best pizza I ever had. Good analysis on all of this at this time. A detailed phone call on a couple of things. Uh, again, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pull the fifty dollar Grimaldi's gift card from you for that last comment about Deshaun Jackson, but I can't sit here the day that Deshaun Jackson's in the building talking worst case scenario. I can't. If someone else wants to do that, they can go do that. Okay, I gotta have a level of positivity where I'm not looking for Deshaun Jackson to implode because he doesn't get you know six targets a game. 
that had to be a part of the Zoom call that Mike Mayock talked about. That's got to be a part of the vetting process when they told him he was going to be a Raider and to sit him down with Coach Passacci and say, look, we don't want to hear a peep out of you. We don't want to hear anything out of you in the media. And hopefully we get him on the radio show pretty quickly here that, you know, he's not a distraction at all. There's been enough distractions around this team. The word distraction is very accurate when you talk about the Raiders this season. There have been tremendous distractions, and you could talk about the level of distractions, how everyone on the team is handling that. I mean, it's like a book on what's happening this season. I got to hope that everybody who remains in that locker room is going to be on their best behavior. Okay, And again, as I said earlier, I've been saying it for 20 years. I love the word thug. I say it five times a week. It has nothing to do with gender, race, or anything. If you're a gangster thug and you act that way on the Internet, you're a gangster thug. And that's the way Arnett evolved on social media. Mike Mayock said he believes he has a good heart and he can play in this league. But on the Internet, which I clearly clarified with my comments... Damon Arnett is one of the biggest gangster thugs you could see on the internet. And he lost his job because of that. Think of that. You hear it every day. I tell my kids they're 20 and 18. Don't put anything up online that could come back to haunt you. Can you imagine Damon Arnett from his home to his cars to his bank account, his family, because he's going on threatening someone which looked like a machine gun or something you see in a movie, acting like a gangster, lost his job. What a shame. I mean, stupidity on steroids. Get them out. Get them out, get them out, get them out. And let him go pretend to be a rapper or a gangster somewhere else. Because that's what he was doing. And it cost him his job. And it's very unfortunate for all involved. But we got to talk football. Saturday, before the Stones, I went to Five Iron Golf. I got fitted with new clubs, which is great about Five Iron Golf. Inside Area 15, a free club fitting with the fitting lab, state-of-the-art custom golf fitting. Mention JT, and you get a $400 service for free. How can you miss that? Call now, 5-Iron Golf, inside Area 15. I love it there. Uh, same thing, you know, after we lost to the Chargers, after we lost to the Bears, um, just get better. Uh, it's really that simple. Just make sure we correct the mistakes that we made um, because they're all self-inflicted. I mean, offensively, we just turned the ball over. Um, I think Derek said it when we were – I was listening to him over there. Um, just a lot of self-infliction. And so um, that's the good part is we can control that and, um, and just get better this week of practice. And, you know, six and three is, is not too bad if we can get a win next week. Modelo is a proud sponsor of the Raiders. You know I love Modelo. I have a bucket of Modelos every Friday. So the next time you're watching a Raiders game, make sure you have a Modelo, a special within reach. Modelo, brewed for those with a fighting spirit. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Modelo. I was at the Modelo bar hanging out there at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Now, Bobby, I wanted to come in today and do a half hour recap of the Stones. Raiders beat the Giants. You know, Raiders are six and two going into Kansas City, and we can't do that today. We are covering the breaking news on Damon Arnett being released. And we took we gave you two live press conferences, which we're supposed to do here on the flagship, depending on when you're listening, Rich Pasachi and Mike Mayock. So with all that here, we will have the rest of the show about a half hour. 
And then I'm on to Kansas City. Heavy Kansas City. Tomorrow, uh, tonight I'm emceeing an event at the Mayfair at the Bellagio as the Raiders have their first ever golf classic over at Shadow Creek tomorrow with their corporate sponsors and looking to have a good time. We're going to have a good time and talk Raiders football and get the Raiders a win. Six and three would be fabulous. Six and three, Al Michaels, Collinsworth, Sunday Night Football. What do you think the Open's going to look like for Al Michaels, a notorious Raider hater from some saying over the year, I think he's one of the greatest broadcasters of all time. He's proven that, miracle on ice to football. What do you think the opening, opening look's going to be with Al Michaels before he brings in Collinsworth talking about the Raiders the last couple of weeks. You think he's going to be kind on Sunday Night Football? DVR that. That should be a beauty. Alex in Rhode Island on the flagship. Hello, Alex. Hi, JT. Licking my wounds. Went to the game yesterday. Um, mm. End zone seats. Um, didn't see a whole lot of separation in the Giants secondary. They played very, very sticky. Um, did a great job. They play that Patriot kind of, uh, you know, coverage where they, uh, they're, they're, they're disguising things to the last minute. Um, I guess we don't have Gruden to kick a Gruden's play calling to kick around anymore for the red zone. So, um, I'd love to see a Mariota package in the red zone. I would really love to see that. Um, you're absolutely right yesterday about tempo. I thought the Giants controlled the tempo for large swatches in that game. They were able, able to run the ball. They were able to slow the game down. And I'm going to keep beating on this and beating on this. And Carr is excellent in the no huddle. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of that to speed the game up. I think they're doing a disservice. That's all I got. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that a car four wide – uh, no huddle, playing faster is the key to all everything. Uh, I mean, you're with Derek Carr. You have Derek Carr in the absolute prime of his career. Let Carr do it. I don't like the, the really big issue that I think we're going to go back and talk about at the end of the year. It's something on. We have Eric Allen. Here's my request this weekend. We, I don't think we're going to get everybody. Phil Villapiano, Bill Romanowski, Charles Woodson, Eric Allen, Jim Plunkett confirmed the rest of the week. And I talked about this with EA yesterday before the post-game show. I just don't know why they can't go with the play. I don't understand it, and I'm not Derek Carr, and I know Derek Carr will speak on it, is that if Derek has to drastically change the play at the line of scrimmage because the look is just terrible, they call a play, they come to the line of scrimmage, and the play's not going to work, Derek has to kill the play. That's his job, and he's very good at that. One coach told me as good as anyone he's ever seen – other than Drew Brees, at the line of scrimmage. There's Brady, and then there's everyone else. Peyton Manning, Omaha, Omaha, right? Peyton Manning changing the play. Drew Brees, incredible pre-snap. Carr is in a conversation. He's not a Hall of Famer, Carr, but he's very good at that. That's the strength of Derek. Well, if the Waller play comes in from the sidelines, just go with it. Again, who has been preaching Waller more than me? On the pre, the post tweeting during the game, and on this radio show. If you're going to go down, go down with Waller. Let Waller have 12, 13 receptions, not 12 or 13 targets. That would be 15 to 18 targets to get those 12. And I don't know how you get back to that. I don't understand. 
I don't think it's fear because I never played the game and I don't coach. I don't think they're afraid. I just think they don't believe that Waller's open. They must not because then then he's not in motion and he's not wide and he's not do treat him like a receiver and make Moreau do more. Make Moreau be the tight end underneath Waller and let Waller become a beast. Let him become a freak. He was a freak last year. He's not a freak this year because he's not getting the ball enough. And other teams are doing everything to stop him. Right? Everybody's doing everything to stop Waller. We're aware of that. Now how do you get Waller open? It's the job. Coach Gruden said that to me in a TV interview. He stopped me. And basically corrected me when I said, I, I said to him, Coach, you, they're, they're going to double-team Waller. And he said to me, no, we got to find a way to get Waller open. He said that to me. He knew that. He thought I was saying, well, Waller's going to be double-teamed every game. How do you fix it? He said, no, it's our job to get him open. It's the job of Greg Olson to get Waller open. It's the job of Derek Carr to extend the play with his legs and have Waller come back to the ball the way Travis Kelsey does and Kittle does with the Niners, right? Am I making sense here, or do we just want to say, hey, Waller's going to have five receptions one day, eight another day, three on a bad day. How about ten every game, like the Raven game? Wouldn't you like to live in the Raven game again, beat one of the best teams in football, overuse Waller, and get the hell out of there with a win? Do that against Kansas City. Baltimore's better than Kansas City this year, and the Raiders beat them. The Raiders now have to have their biggest test at home this year. Don't care what the rest of the schedule says. Washington, Cincinnati, okay? you got to beat Kansas City in order for the Washington and Cincinnati games to have this vibe that, that, gonna, that those games are going to take you to the playoffs. Start the playoff run now against the Kansas City Chiefs like we know they can. I think a lot of Raider fans are optimistic for Sunday night. I really believe Raider Nation knows they can win this game. 702-365-9200. We got about 20 minutes if you want to get through before we throw it to Q. He's been busy today. He was out there at that last press conference with Coach Pisacci. You heard him out there. He's coming up and then Vinny. Passionate Raider, up next. Go ahead. Yeah, what's up, JT, man? Yeah, man, I, I, I feel you, man. I'm 100% on what you said about Jacobs, man. I went back after I talked to you and watched the game again last night. And, 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 Jacobs just can't – Drake has been outplaying him, man. Maybe they need to switch up and, and start Drake and bring Jacobs in because Jacobs goes for two or three runs and he's got to go out because he's dinged up again. You see it in his body language when he gets hit. And, 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 and about Derek, you know, about these plays with Waller and whatnot, this is what I see, JT. This is my view. I see that Carr looks to Waller too dang much and teams focus and take Waller away. And when they take Waller away – Derek doesn't he does it with the pressure that's why Kelsey and them get old because Patrick moves Derek don't want to move man and that's why Waller a lot of times he is open he really is but it's Derek's fault for not moving his feet he's I don't know what it's gonna maybe he's just not that type of quarterback I don't know but with the with the guys that we have and the stuff that's going on Switch the running back duo up. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to go there because yeah, Jacobs I'm good with that. 
I'm good I with that. Him. I just said that. I, I agree with you. If Drake, and if Drake is the player game. now and he's the hot hand in the matchup, I go with Drake. I agree with you. But but Josh would get as many carries because th- all they're going to do it doesn't matter who starts. It's kind of like a middle reliever. It doesn't matter when you bring him in. Josh is going to play and Drake's going to play. It's just a, a just a question of who you start. You're going to put him in in certain situations. But Drake does more than Josh. True story. But then another thing that made me really upset yesterday watching the game again, again. Derek didn't look. He, he, he made us, during the press conference this week, he gave us all hope that they knew that this was about football. That him and not and, and Gakway looked. It doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what's going on. I understand. But the defenses that come after Derek makes it hard because he had Zay Jones open four to five times last night, JT, and he never looked Zay's way. You know, you bragged him up about, about he's working so hard. He's the hardest worker. But you didn't give the guy a chance, mm-hmm. man. He was there for Derek yesterday. Derek didn't get the ball over there because he was locked in on Renfro mm-hmm. and, 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 and uh, Waller, and he was missing the whole other side uh, of the field open. Okay. I don't know. We'll Thanks for the call. Out, Appreciate it. We'll Thanks for the call. You know, there were two things I wanted to mention in my show prep from being on last night on the radio on Mad Dog, and, and I'll mention it this week, is when you, when you hear something on a broadcast, and I was watching the Titans beat the Rams. They absolutely dominated the Rams in L.A. because of how physical they were. And there was a play on the goal line where Ryan Tannehill ran the bootleg. He ran the bootleg at the goal line against the better defense than the Raiders have, the Rams' defense, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. They'll soon have Von Miller. And Tannehill did a play-action bootleg. He just ran around the end for a touchdown. Where's that play with Derek? Derek's fast. He's athletic. Derek can get outside the pocket, run a bootleg with Derek. Let the other teams know that Derek's going to be forced to run a little bit more because you got Marcus Mariota, right, who can do that. And then Chris Collinsworth said on the game last night, Matthew Stafford really struggled. He had back-to-back picks. And Collinsworth said in the game on the NBC broadcast, now here goes Sean McVay. He's making it easier for Stafford. And what he meant by that, he was moving Stafford out of the pocket. They had designed plays for Stafford, who was getting picked, to like bring him back into the game mentally. Cooper Cup, Cup crossing routes. They were just getting Stafford back in the game. And I hope they can do that with Derek because the pass rush at times for Kansas City could be tough. Uh, Rossi in Australia. Good to see you, hear from you, mate. I didn't catch you on the post game a couple weeks. What's happening? Yeah, sorry about uh, yesterday. I was actually a little bit uh, more emotional after yesterday's loss than uh, I, I wouldn't have been very coherent to you, put it that way. Um, I think that the, the Jacobs conversation is really interesting. Does it go back to him not being the bell cow at Alabama and he's just his body's just not used to taking hits um, on that regular basis? I know it's been a few years in the NFL, but I still think that uh, when we drafted him, the narrative was all about, oh, he's fresh because he hasn't been that bell cow. Um, I really like Drake. The conversation around uh, how the Giants set up with the two high safeties, look, Peyton Manning has talked about this on his... Manning and, and Eli show, you just keep on running the ball until they stop you. And we were running the ball really, really well. I know Derek missed a wide open waller at the end of the first and then the pick six. But keep on running the ball, whether that's with Mariota as well, with coming into that package, whether yeah. that's still with Jacobs, whether that's still with Drake. Run it down their throat until they stop you. 
and then you go and hit that Waller path that, that you're talking about. And I agree with you. Waller should be catching anywhere between eight and above balls every single. But Rossi, week. the Raiders don't. The, the Raiders don't run it down the throat of anybody. When they get a hundred yards, there's like a parade down the strip. Uh, you, you got teams that can run it for two hundred and twenty yards, hundred and eighty yards. The Raiders are a passing team with a quarterback in the prime of his career with multiple weapons that can get the ball out, and they're only going to go as far as Carr. If you want to just decide to run the ball more, I get it. But I don't think this team is built to do that. They don't do it well. They don't have running backs that are explosive and have those big plays. Short yardage, they're very predictable. Very predictable on short yardage. So with all this being said, you got to run the ball in the NFL. you got to run it 20 times a game, 25 times a game. That's the way the chess match is built. But this team is going to live and die on third down with Carr making easy throws to guys who are open. The way Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees did over the years. you got to have a matchup where Carr's comfortable with at the line of scrimmage. And he's hitting someone in stride who's open. That's where Derek's at his best. Cutting down on mistakes because he's going to the reliable guy who's open. And no one could get the hell open yesterday against the Giants. You got to be kidding me. You're playing the Giants yesterday with the season on the line to go to 6-2 and two to be a first-place team, and the Giants dictated everything yesterday. The Giants dictated tone and tempo on defense like it was Ray Lewis coming out of the tunnel doing the Ray Lewis dance or Lawrence Taylor breathing smoke out of his nose going, I'm coming to get you. This is not a great defense. They're good. And they dictated to the Raiders and said, you're not doing this. And the Raiders said, you're right. We're going to dink and dunk and throw underneath, which we broke down on the pregame show. And the Raiders had no big game capability because Henry Ruggs is off the team. And that's why they brought in Deshaun Jackson to try to shake it up, in my opinion. I don't disagree with what you've just said. I, I, and that, that was how emotional I was yesterday. I just think when it comes to playing the Giants, as you said, they're an awful defense. They had two high safeties. Then make them stop the run to then open up the Yeah, run. good point. I agree with you with, with, with Carr. I 100% agree with you with Carr. He will take this Raiders team to wherever he can actually take it. But you have to be – he's one of the best cerebral quarterbacks at the same time. And he needs to be at that line of scrimmage. And I agree with you as well in regard to – and this isn't just a – a, a JD endorsement phone call. I, I agree with a lot that you say. But what I am feeling is the fact that Carr needs to get to that line and just call that play. Mm -hmm. Stop changing it. Speed it up a little bit. You can't tell me that Zay Jones and Brian Edwards weren't open. I've, I've watched the game again. It, it, they are open on a regular basis. He just doesn't go through that progression. And yesterday, again, if it's too high, run it down their throats until they put eight men in the box. Mm -hmm. And then that opens up the wallet. And I think you've also hit on a great idea yep. in regard to using Foster Moreau a lot more as the tight end. Have him as that starting tight end. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a good topic. Good to hear you from down under, my friend. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Always good to hear from Rossi down under. That's a big deal that he's calling the show. Uh, again, I've been doing this 23 years with the team. 
I think I know what I'm doing. There are guys who have come to this team over the years, over the decades, that are practice squad players. They pop in the preseason. They have a great preseason. You know, it could be Aitman. It could be Jones. It could be a receiver. Stoner has a great game. They're not good enough to be counted on in the regular season, so they remain on the practice squad, get called up due to injury, and they don't get any targets because they're third or fourth string guys. They're not stars. If one of them develop into that, great. That's why I'm a Foster Moreau fan. I've seen Foster at practice. I've seen him in games. Now you got to go to him. Now you got to make Waller the freak and Moreau the tight end. Let Moreau be your featured tight end. Can we get this? And let Waller be your number one receiver. How hard is that? And if I'm wrong, you know where to find me. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I don't think Waller, Waller, when he starts at the tight end position, the upper deck of the Meadowlands got binoculars on him and go, wow, there's a linebacker on him. They might hit him at the line of scrimmage as a safety over the top. And Waller could still get open. He could still get open. But I'd like to see Waller. I always go back one second, Bobby, to the practice I was at a couple of years ago before a plane ride. It was a quick practice before the team got on the plane. And this was in Oakland in Alameda, and I was at practice, and I was on the sideline, and Waller came all the way to me. I thought he was actually coming to me. He was just coming up to line up wide. He was on the far end, and I was like, whoa, this is scary. This monster is lined up far wide ready to run around. And I'm like, I haven't seen that wrinkle. I'd like to see more of that wrinkle. And then start him in motion. And then the snap, and he's moving, and he's crossed the middle of the field. And then there's chaos. Edwards is cutting the other way, crossing route. Then Deshaun Jackson's running the bomb, right? He's running the go route. And all of a sudden, oh, look at this Kenyon Drake on a quick little screen because there's so much chaos 30 yards down the field, and he goes 12 yards. Whatever it is, I have confidence in Greg Olson to tweak this game plan to go up against Kansas City. Can the Raiders win at home when they need to on Sunday night football in front of the whole world? That's the key to this week on Raider Nation Radio, 920 a.m. Yeah, I was hoping that momentum would have shifted and uh, we could have really uh, put our foot on their necks and win that game. But at the end of the day, those guys get paid too. They made great plays. They had they won the turnover margin, and uh, whoever wins the turnover margin has a great chance of winning the game. So we got to make sure we make more turnovers as well. Yannick Ngakwe. I'd like to hear him speak this week. Maybe we can get him. I'll ask to see if we can get him on because we're trying to get some legends on this week. And I like the way he's playing. And I told you a year in advance before he got here, he was coming. Uh, Yannick is a Raider. He's a Raider, and this is a big Raider game. So maybe we can get him a little bit later on in the week. A tough week. Tough week last week. It'll never get tougher than last week because of the fatality accident involving Henry Ruggs III. And then today, Damon Arnett uh, gets cut by the team. So it's been a very difficult, dramatic time with a lot of distractions for the Raiders, but they can't lose football games because of distractions. They have a home game against Kansas City. Kansas City is a road favorite. They haven't been playing well at all. They got a free win because Aaron Rodgers wasn't available. So they're winning games now. They beat the Giants and Green Bay back-to-back. The Raiders lose to the Giants. Now the Raiders got to find a way to play their best game of the year. 
They've got to find a way to play their best game of the year Sunday night. Can they do that coming off a poor game? Or do you need to be playing well to build momentum to play a great game? This home field advantage, and we've talked about other fans coming to Vegas. That's never going to change. Again, I was at the Rolling Stones with, what, 60,000 fans. Most of them are from out of town. Kansas City fans are coming. They're going to be here. This is the first ever Kansas City game ever in Vegas with fans. Raider fans got to show up and be loud and be in their seats. And third down, when Mahomes adds the ball, they got to blow the roof off the place. It's a big week as we got a lot happening here. One-hour show tomorrow. Q is going to help me out on the back end of that. And then big guest the rest of the week. I'm on every night, Sirius XM 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio. And we just put the Giants game. We buried that. Like Jimmy Hoffa, we buried the ball. We got rid of the Giants game. Now it's Kansas City where the Raiders have no choice. They have to bounce back and play a great football game. You'll find that all week here on Raider Nation Radio. Have a great day, everybody. Cue on deck.